for listening to You Don't Know Nick, the podcast, a podcast that explores the generational differences from Zoomers to Boomers as it relates to what's going on today. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Jessica Lynn Verde. And I'm Alex Mitchell. I know a lot about Middle Earth. Yeah, and I know that there were some rings or something. We're the hosts of the Podcast of the Rings. Join us as we deep dive into the lore of Middle Earth and cover the topics and people you might want to know about before the Rings of Power premieres on Amazon Prime, September 2nd. After that, we'll be doing an episode-by-episode recap and analysis once the series is live. Listen for a new episode every Tuesday. And until then, may our roads meet again. Alex. Jessica. Have you ever listened to an episode of You Don't Know Nick? Yes. You're lying. No, I'm not lying. Okay, you told me that you didn't listen to some. I've listened. Before. I've listened to a couple. To know that you don't like it. No. <laughs> well, no. Is that what I said? No, I'm just assuming that's why you don't listen. Haven't listened to all 50 episodes that are available to download on your favorite podcast app. Well, I've listened to a couple when you launched it. Uh, and I just have so many, there's so many podcasts. You I didn't say, you said that you didn't listen to it because you didn't know that I actually played one of the songs that you suggested for us to. I didn't play. know that till you told me. Right. So you would have, you didn't listen to it when we launched it. Because I told you that months after the fact. No, I listened to, I didn't listen to it from the beginning. I just listened to it. I the, got it. Yeah. So, because you've been mentioned more than most people on this podcast. <laughs> But as Solkatu, to be fair. And I wasn't like, Alexander, here's just who this person is. But right. we referred to you as your online persona, Solkatu. Completely different person. It's Alter so ego. hard. It's so hard for me not to call you Solkatu. I don't think you understand. You can call me Solkatu. I don't want to. Would that make you feel more comfortable? No, I don't okay. want to. I, sh- it, I don't even I don't think I even liked calling you Solkatu to begin with. It's not a very good name. It's not a ba- it's a great online name. I just it's just not who you are. It's your online persona, which is fine. I just As I so said, completely to- different person, yeah. It is you are a different person. Uh but why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Uh I'm Alex. Uh mm-hmm. I am a musician. Mm-hmm. I am a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh I am a streamer. I oh. do streaming on Twitch. Right. Um, yeah. What do you think like music is like 70% of your personality? <laughs> no, I actually don't think so at all. What, um, what's, what is your personality comprised of? I'm not sure. Like what if you that... had to give me a, if you had to give me a graph, like, oh, I'm 25% geek. I'm 25% this, or like, what do you think? makes up your personality games of all kinds board games uh, i uh teach chess so that's another thing um i've always played games always played mm-hmm. video games board games tabletop role-playing games um so that uh mm-hmm. i am a big lord of the rings and fantasy in general fan 
Mm. Um, I'm into nerdy things, geeky things, uh, science, math. I'm not good at them, but I'm interested in those topics. Um, I watch a lot of just weird, like, did you know this? And learning stuff about that kind of world. Right. Um, and then music. But I want to say music is dominant. It's what I do. It's my vocation. And I'm, you know, good at it. But I don't think yeah, it's Yeah, I guess all I didn't that... realize it wasn't dominant. I think you are, like, not just one thing. Well, here, here's what I will say. Uh, I was talking to someone about this. Um, one of the things that I think is interesting when you're, you know, at a gig, at a jam session, interacting with other people in the music world, you know, in that, uh, in that setting, um, it really, obviously the conversation will at some point touch upon music because it's like, this is a shared thing we all have, right? Uh, regardless of anything else. Um, so you're saying like, oh, I was just listening to, th- listening to this or, oh, when you played that thing, it reminded me, you know, that was cool or we played this song, whatever. Um, but it sometimes that is too much for me. And in those moments, I just go, I'd rather talk about anything else right Anything now. else, yeah. And yeah. it's when I meet those people in those moments that I can connect with on some other level that's not music, like they have a hobby that they're interested in, even if I'm not interested in it, if they engage me in conversation or it comes up in conversation and they're like passionately talking about that, I look at that person and go, I like you. Because so much those conversations just devolve to the same conversations I've had a million times about X musician. And sometimes you learn cool stuff, but you know, I like getting along with other people in my field about things other than just my field. You know. Well, but like if your best friend who you have a best friend who is um, a musician as well, if he wanted to talk about music, it probably wouldn't uh, sit with you in the same way as like other people just shooting the shit. No, because I know right? him really well. But also so one of the reasons that we're such good friends is we have very similar interests that are not at all music. Right. Lord right. of the Rings and games. Like, right. We bond right. about that stuff. And I think that's one of the reasons that we are such good friends and when when i met him the connection was made because you're both musicians but then we learned stuff about each other oh we're actually similar in other ways which is cool not just right right um do you think so you play saxophone do you think you could ever be friends with another saxophone player or is it just like a rumble in the street for you guys no i'm friends with other saxophone players i doubt it (laughs) well you're wrong i know um well, I'm glad you mentioned Lord of the Rings because that's pretty pretty much the only reason why I wanted you to be on the podcast is because we're doing a podcast what? together. Right now, yeah. Uh, yes, right now. Currently, we're in it. In order to advertise our other podcast, my, my podcast with you. Oh, you have a podcast? What's your podcast? Rings of Power. Wait, oh, podcast, sounds- of, podcast of the Rings? That's the Podcast one. of the Rings. That sounds really interesting. What's that about? It's about um, one person who doesn't even remember the title of her podcast and another person who's... Or the show it's about. Really keen to correct me. Person sounds like a a real jerk. Oh, no. <laughs> I definitely don't want someone in my life who's just going to plain, plain, plain agree with me. Oh, you, you don't want yes men. 
I'm sure I do. I think I do, but I really don't. You know, like in, in theory, it sounds great. But in application, like you, similarly, I can't have a conversation with somebody who's just going to agree with me. You're totally right. Thank you, everyone. This is the e- the shortest episode of You Don't Know Nick <laughs> we've ever, ever had. World record. Let's go. So you're just a little bit younger than me. Yep. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you're still technically a millennial. I think I'm firmly in the age range. What? You're in the middle of the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm right yeah. I think you and I both ba- are in the middle bear. of it. Just right. But I still feel it's like it's weird... That a 90s kid is a millennial. It just feels weird to me. Aren't the majority of millennials 90s kids? No. What's the cutoff? 40-something right now? No, but I mean, like, what's the last year a millennial would be born? I think they're, like, 25 <laughs> right now. 25? So, yes. Yes, they were born yeah. in the 90s. So, like, the entire decade of the 90s is millennials, But also right? the entire decade of the 80s as well. Like... Maybe up to 81. Up to 81, yes. I I always felt like it's more, it was more 90s leaning and then like mid early 80s is when the millennials started. This argument is part of the reason why this podcast is so successful. Some of the, yeah, some of the lines I think are blurred. I mean, there's no hard cutoff, right? And there no. are, there are older yeah. people who might identify with the younger generation if they're on the cut. You know what I mean? It's all... Right, there's micro generations, which people have different feelings about zennials, which yeah. we've determined. No one can be put in a box, but I think in general, let's put you in a box. <laughs> oh no, I'm trapped. I'm in a box. Uh, I always wanted to know what it's like to be a cat. You know, Schrodinger's cat. Hopefully not that. <laughs> then I don't know if I'm dead or alive. That's why horrible. do you want to know what how did you jump from box to cat Because cats love being in boxes oh my god you could just be in a box i need a big box yes but they exist you could live in one fair point a lot of people do I, there's not <laughs> nothing's really keeping you from this dream of yours except for you <laughs> you know i i didn't think i would uh get such inspiration coming onto your show like this i'm really scared for our future <laughs> <laughs> our first our furniture is going to be really sparse Just cardboard everywhere blue will love it <laughs> blue if he's alive will love it blue uh that's actually a good question um so some people may not know. You and I are dating. So we'll just get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, if I never want a dog, is that okay? Yeah. Do you like dogs, though? Yeah. I like dogs. I like cats and dogs. But I'm not a I-must-have-an-animal-in-my-house person. Right. But you don't care about animals being around. Like, I know people no. who don't want animals in their house. Like, my friend's... Sarah, her husband, never had an animal in the house. And so was really, took a long time to warm up to the idea. And now was was so in love. I helped them find their first cat. And then he died within two years. And it was heartbreaking. And the way I think he put it or she put it, it was long enough to fall in love with him, but not long enough to love him. Oh. And the guy who had him originally abandoned the cat. Oh, no. And so 
I know. And I had just taken in Pepper. And I knew, like, there was a part of me that was like, oh, maybe I'll hold on to Pepper for Sarah. Because uh, she was, like, she was gearing up. She's a Ripley. She was gearing up to get a cat. A lot of us Ripleys have cats. A couple of the Ripleys took her to PetSmart and got some stuff. And right. so she was, like, warming her husband up to the idea. So, like, usually when you start opening up your mind to, oh, I think I'm ready for an animal, they'll find you. Yeah. And so for a second I thought, oh, Pepper, I guess Pepper could be Sarah's. But I fell in love with Pepper right away. So that just. You're like, she's mine. It took a couple days for me to accept that she was mine in case I decided that that Sarah should have her. But then very shortly after, um, at a D&D gathering, um, my friend Jeff was like, yeah, this fucking guy just totally bailed, left his cat, left us in the lurch. And the poor sweet cat, he was like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> what the fuck? And I and I, I sent like a that. picture to Sarah, and I I knew, and she knew immediately. This is my cat, and her husband loves. Can't see it any other way now. See, I'm I'm not like that with animals. Like that instant, like see it and fall in love. But if I'm around an animal for a while, that will happen. So I lived with a cat. One of my roommates had a cat. Right. At first was just sort of ambivalent. Like, cool, it's a cat. Uh-huh. Didn't hate it. Didn't carry the way. I mean, the, the litter box thing is a little annoying. It's a annoying, lot. It's but a that's lot. just, it comes with the territory and it's not that bad. If, if the cat's, it's, you know, if you good. If you also take care of it. It's, yeah. But, it's, but it but, would just be the little clay things. Would, oh, you know, I know. Yeah, that's that. It's a minor annoyance. But I eventually just warmed up this cat and we formed a bond. So much so that I haven't lived with him in years. And anytime I go over there, Abby is the cat's name, instantly recognizes me and just flops herself on the floor and I give her belly rubs. Um, That's very sweet. But yeah, I I love animals. They're great. But I'm not a kind of person who would feel unfulfilled if I didn't have them. Uh, And I'm not a staunch dogs are the best. Have to have. They're both great. I grew up with a dog. Um, We got a dog from a family friend uh, who was older. The the dog was older. Um, And so we sort of, I think for the last four or five years of its life, um, kind of had that dog. And, Is it so uh, nice when you can provide that? For, like even with my yeah. friend Sarah's cat, like she gave that baby a good couple years. Yeah, exactly. So it's still heartbreaking, but uh, th- but that dog was a small dog, and I feel like if I were to have a dog, I would medium want... to large. Yeah, I don't like the small. It was a Yorkie. Not the a... small dogs need love too, but they sure. are seriously more prone to like mental disorders. They just or like separation anxiety and shit. Like this, this they... dog didn't have that. It's just it was. I say that because I'm thinking about the Pomeranian we had that was in fucking sane. But I'm yeah. sorry. So what was wrong with your your dog? There was just... nothing wrong with it, but I think it was a thing of um, this dog grew up and lived its whole life on. A place where it could just run around. It had a big yard. It was like kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, Didn't get picked up by an eagle or something? No, this was in Minnesota. I I don't think they have large predatory birds. birds Why not? Who wouldn't? What states don't have predatory? Like even owls? They don't have owls in Minnesota? This dog wasn't that small. Okay. It was like a big... You don't know owls then. It was a bit... This would have to be a big owl to pick it up. (laughs) There exist. Okay, well, apparently it got lucky, though. <laughs> exactly. That's it was my just point. a very lucky dog. <laughs> That's my point. Um, so I think he, I, I think he was just used to that environment, and um, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago 
in a subdivision that was right along a major stretch of road and there were there was always traffic and there we didn't have a huge yard and we didn't have a small yard but it wasn't a massive you know near farmland kind of you know multiple acre property uh and so this dog would just bolt out the door shit if we didn't catch it and there were multiple close calls where we had to chase it and it got all the way down to this major road and nearly ran just right into traffic and would have died um so i don't think he really adjusted because <laughs> he was old he was old when we got him he was just kind of like all right i'm setting my ways Yes, he. I used to be able to run. I'd like to now. I don't understand the consequences for doing so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we had a. I was just thinking about my dog. I don't know why, but she got a. She got a. She got a rough shake. She loved us. We loved her. But then, then we had a baby. Like my mom had a baby, and uh, my dad didn't want her in the house, and because like, he didn't want it to like. He thought like dirty and didn't like it just wasn't safe for an animal to be around a baby. I, my dad what? had some pretty. What what kind of dog was it? It was a golden retriever lab. Aren't, aren't it was dogs the, like pretty good with? She's just kids? was a little dumb. Okay. But she was excellent with kids. But like she'd also jump up on us, and she never learned. She just like had a learning disability, literally. So like she she just was a little dumb, sure. and. And most dogs are, I don't think it would have been a bad situation, but my dad had some bad brushes with having to put down a dog that bit a kid in the neighborhood Yeah, with his hands, like put it so down he, with his hands. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. It's not a great story, but that's like what was asked of him. Sure. And so he had a different perspective, I think, on how animals and humans... I would imagine that experience changes how you think about animals. Right. And I've told this story on stream, or on, on um, even probably stream, but on this podcast before. But, like, the first cat I had, I'm pretty sure he yeah. ended it. And I believed them, but also, like, no, it's going to a friend's. I was like, well, then can't we go see do this friend? You, do you think that knowing these things has influenced your view and love of animals because you love animals like I so much love do you think that my cats yeah a lot well okay but you recently almost just took in or were willing to take in a complete other cat you'd never seen in, in person before yeah but I knew instantly. that that cat and I would have done really well but that's what I'm talking about you instantly make these connections and feel this but I Love made that connection. So, so the cat that my dad killed. Yeah. Because it scratched me, by the way. Sure. It was a feral cat. We took it in. And he scratched me under the table. And my dad said, nope. He, when he found out Pepper bit me on the first day that I got her, he's like, so you're going to go put that cat down, right? Because it's fucking wild. I was like, oh, no. you don't. <laughs> I should have never told him. I knew better. But he... I understand his thinking, but yes, it's a little cut and dry when it comes to those things for him. Yeah, my, But so, what I'm trying okay. to say is the first cat that he killed, I saw it in a parking lot and I said, his name is Sax and he's coming home. Mm -hmm. And it was immediate. So be and before you knew this about your dad, 
that animals were animals. Yeah. I was, I think I just was insane for, <laughs> and, and, and don't get me wrong. There's like someone's, uh, it's a studio I go to in the Valley for like voiceover recordings or something. And they have not only an amazing cat, but two amazing dogs. Oh. And I love those dogs just as much as I love those cats. And you can tell those people love their the shit out of their, oh. you know. Yeah. So it's for me, it's more, I, this is why it's hard for me to eat meat. But it's a chemical chemistry thing with animals for me. Like in the same way you can be attracted to somebody and go, oh, I, I want to be their friend or something about them is interesting. I, my chemical interaction with Pepper upon meeting her was compatible. Sure. The cats, both Blue and Sylvester, came to our house. I mean, I have more. I have more stories and anecdotes that prove this theory that it's chemical to me. But like Sylvester, the black and white cat that we had that died last year, he came to our house out of nowhere was outside crying for two days. My mom didn't want a cat. And mm. she's like, we're just going to put it in the pound and call it a day. I said, Patty, this cat is beautiful. You can't do that. And I convinced her to let us hold him for a couple days. And I was going to be moving out within the month. So I let I, uh, my friend Ashley kindly took Sylvester. It was so nice. She's like, hey, we're going to move in together. So I'll, we'll just we'll just hold on to him. It was so nice. So I bring Sylvester over. Within days, he was a f- he was not only a nightmare. He peed on her roommate's bed. Oh no! He was not like that with us. Yeah. So he you're saying like, that when you rescued him, there was a bond formed, and when your friend Ashley took him, not even there was no bond, and he one went crazy. step less. Well, yes, yes, but one step less. I think he smelled us. From outside the house and went, I want these fucking weirdos. Like he could smell. For me, chemical reaction and all that stuff and pheromones, it is, I feel like there are receptors that are sending signals to our brain like, ooh, comfort or whatever. It's just a huge part of, I think, how our brain works and how connection works. And I think he went, "Mm, I know these people are going to be cool. I, I can just tell. Because how else can you explain an animal who can't communicate but only wanting to be with you? Well, there's all sorts of explanations. Well, give them. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, I think, I don't necessarily think it is like you're saying purely like a chemical thing or pheromones. And I don't know how that would work interspecies as well because evolutionarily, I don't think cats you don't think we can't pick up on their pheromones no i mean you don't think so i i would say like interactions with humans yes because we have evolved to interact with other humans and maybe there is something to be said about like cats being domesticated and having evolved something like that but i i don't know i that wouldn't be the first this is uh, by the way my theory sure and i'm saying i don't think that's supported i think you're wrong that you think i'm wrong um i think that um you know cats would be able to pick up on behaviors and look if a cat's hanging out and it goes up to a house it's probably been chilling in that area so if it hears crap that scares it it's probably not going to go to that house 
But if it's like at a house and it's like, oh, there's like food here and it seems like a safe place um, just based on its instincts, that's probably more of a factor than I'm smelling pheromones of humans um, I'm from not gonna outside. Discount, I'm not going to discount this the nice aura we project, but I how think- do you explain him going to an apartment where he would be just as taken care of and like even and then not wanting to be there. I don't know. I know. That's all I'm saying. But I don't think it's pheromones. I think it's probably more, uh, the actual physical environment and the behavior of what's happening there of the people. Um, also if it came to you, and in that moment was like, oh, cool. I'm feeling comforted. And it felt, you know, the cat felt comfortable for a few days. And then all of a sudden its environment changes. That's probably you're, more of a factor. It could have been right. any, it could have been the other way around. And yeah. it's like a few days chilling. Oh, great. I'm like not outside. I'm being fed. I'm being taken care of. And then all of a sudden a dramatic change. And they, Sylvester goes to you. And then Sylvester's a piece of shit because it's freaked out. You know, the yeah, cat's freaked out. You're, you've, got a good, you've got a good point. Cats don't like that. Cats don't like being moved. You're not wrong. <laughs> it takes You're a right. Minute. That being said, I thought Pepper was meant to be with us. My mother, who we all know, Patty Birdie, she, Pepper stayed outside of my aunt's house for, I want to say three months, because I could I can remember hearing about Scary Cat for a couple months. Is that Scary Cat related to Smelly Cat? Yes, but lesser known. Does does that does that prove I'm a millennial? Yes, (laughs) that I know. That I know Smelly Cat. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, Good job, everybody. There's our little. (laughs) We we did our little millennial test. He passed. Um, You passed it. I guess we can still date. So Pepper was outside of my aunt's house at like the end of summer, beginning of fall. And my aunt did not let her in. But Pepper really wanted in. But my aunt was feeding her and giving her water. And then it started to get cold. And my mom wakes me up in the middle of the night or vice versa and goes, we have to get this cat. It's cold. And I went, say no more. We're going tomorrow. (laughs) We got her. and, And she... Not only like to me, she loved my mom. And part of me thought that she liked my aunt's smell or something and thus liked us too. I just, I painted everything with this lens and now I'm having a hard time undoing it. I think she liked the fact that your aunt was feeding and giving her water. Fair. But she also chose to that house Sure. And then she, how many houses did she choose before that, that didn't give her food and water? And after a while she moved on. You're, you're totally right. That's fair. I, <laughs> my mother, it's not about me and my incorrect assumptions, but my mother said to me, do you think cats have some sort of faith? Yeah. I know. But actually, it, it it was a very, it was a very. Is there a Christ question. cat? It's not that. It's not that faith in that I mean, she if, was. If there was a Christ cat, it would have had to have died nine times, which kind of seems like way too much work. 
you feel super proud of yourself on that one. Um, you're really proud of that joke. So just saying, <laughs> am I wrong? Yeah, no. Maybe that's where the tail came from. The T A L E. So, what she meant, not necessarily in the God sense, but Pepper needed help, and Pepper knew she couldn't live on the streets if she wanted to live longer. Sure. Like her instinct. My mom was trying to reconcile, like, like rationalize her instinct to know I need to be it in this house. I need to be it taken care of because she had the thyroid problem. She wasn't, if she didn't get medication, she was not, she wilted away in our house because we didn't have her diagnosed as having hyperthyroidism. And she was, she, we got her when she was like nine pounds and then she was immediately like four and then I'm like, oh, shit, there's something wrong with this cat. So my mom was curious if Pepper had, like, I wa- she wondered if Pepper, like, in her version of thinking thing is going, I know I will be saved. I know if I just waited out here, they I will get taken care of. And it was just an interesting thought. Yeah, I know they, they don't think that way. but No. It, 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 but instinctually, she knew she needed to be taken care of, it, which is hard to explain. No, it's not. Uh People, You're the fucking worst. Look, you said you didn't like someone who's just a yes man earlier, right? Didn't you say that? Yeah. People like to project human thoughts and emotions on animals when they don't have them. But there is some truth to that instinct because if a cat is not feral, it's domesticated. And so it has some reliance and interdependence on humans. And so it instinctively knows that. It doesn't have those thoughts in a sort of the way humans would in our you know emotional capacity like oh i need you know they'll help me because they're good it's like no they just realize humans do this and i and i instinctively know they will because i am domestic right if it's a feral cat that's a different thing but pepper clearly is a domestic cat so yeah it cats that are domesticated know they can you know go to humans and it's just part you know it's wired into them like because they were raised around humans. I don't want to live in your world as much as I want to live in mine. Why is that? It's so much more magical. Sure. It's so much more emotional. Yeah, but it's <laughs> it's, it's not wholly uh, correct. <laughs> I, I believe me. Wouldn't, the you, wouldn't the you rather actually have a deeper insight and understanding into the way animals like think and behave than just projecting our own frameworks of thought and existence upon them. This is actually an amazing argument that I saw an activist make about veganism saying octopus octopi. They're so smart. They, they're insanely smart. I don't know what it's like to have that life. Correct. And their experience of life is vastly different from ours. It would seem alien. Which is a good reason, in his argument, to not treat that life as, you know, uh, trashable. What's the word I'm looking for? Disposable? Uh, Disposable. Yeah. No, that's a very valid argument for not eating... octopi very or valid. other animals <laughs> very but valid. i don't think you can 
in that same breath then this. go, well, this octopus is feeling this and because like no, that's projecting human. No, the idea on. is we have no idea, and right. until we do, we don't know what we're doing. Um, well, we know some some. Here's the thing. That's my point. Is like we're all from the same stardust and earth dust. So there's gotta and chemical. A lot of our emotions are happening because of chemical reactions. So we can kind of have an idea. You're just all on this chemical thing. Everything is chemicals. Tell me, tell me, your emotions aren't born of chemical reactions. Sure. Uh, also, like electrical reactions in your well, neurons. Well, totally. Firing. But those similar, similar recipe ingredients exist in in animals. Sure. So who's to say there isn't some remnant or similarity? Okay, so so you want to talk chemicals? Then I'm playing devil's advocate here. I don't. You're the fuck. I'm so, so regretful of this. Uh, organic life, carbon, right? Right, right. Plants are made of carbon, too. They plant, and plants scream when you cut them. So should we not eat plants? There's people who believe you should only eat fruit, certain berries and cucumbers, because they aren't living in the same way that plants are. But you're, that's still carbon. A lot of berries it. are the berries are the reproductive organs. They're not the they're not the the living part of. I mean, do ha, but we're talking about another living thing that's made of the same stuff we're made of. Why should we be able to eat its organs? It's it's because it's not part of the it's not part of the sentient part of it. Oh, so you're now saying if it doesn't have the I'm same level of sentience the, as us. The, hold on, I'm gonna look this up. <laughs> hold on. Why? Uh, I'm not saying you're wrong to... to be a vegan, and I think there are plenty of valid arguments for veganism. And I'm not gonna, you know, fault anyone for being a vegan. But I think if you're gonna make those kinds of arguments, you need to be careful because you can take them to that extreme. You're totally right. You're totally. I right. mean, for me, the biggest. Um, the, the most compelling argument for veganism is the environmental um, effects of eating meat and factory farms. And I think there is like, there are uh, potentially sustainable ways to eat meat. Um, we're not doing those currently as a species, but, um, and, and if, you know, someone wants to choose to do it for what they believe to be ethical reasons, good. Uh, right. That's a choice. But it's a choice that you got, you got to be careful about how you frame that in, in, uh, in why you're... You don't have to be anything. You, you don't have to be, but I'm just saying, <laughs> well, they have chemicals in their brains just like we do, so therefore they're equivalent. Well, I don't know. I don't I'm know not if I buy... I'm they're equivalent. I'm saying that we can't discount the potential of similarities. Sure. We just can't. And so, oh, but, but I can't that, find it. I'll that, look that's it up. my point. Is I don't think th I don't think from an ethical perspective, if you're saying it's unethical to eat animals or kill animals for that reason, um, I don't think the metric you want to use is they have the capacity for near human feelings or thoughts, because that's a, a bar line that I don't think is. I don't think any other animal. Uh, besides maybe like primates 
uh, to a certain capacity is going to be equivalent on an emotional or an intellectual capacity as humans. Uh, now, octopuses are very smart, but we don't know. So I think... But, but I that think, does not afford you the right to kill them. No, it do- I don't think it does. But... How, okay, how about this? Some vegetarians will only eat what falls would only eat what falls or would fall naturally from a plant. That is, plant foods that can be harvested without killing or harming the plant. These foods consist primarily of culinary fruits, nuts, and seeds. Excuse me. Hold on. Some do not eat grains, believing it's unnatural to do so. Some fruititarians feel that it is improper for humans to eat seeds as they contain future plants or nuts and seeds. Or, or any food beside juicy fruit. So, like, that's why they like berries, because those don't contain the seeds. I don't know. I'm wrong. I don't, I'm wrong I don't know that. the exact classification. I think some... If you're talking the scientific version of berry, like, there's a lot of things that we call berries but aren't berries. But anyway. Right. Um, if, it, if basically they're saying if it has a seed, they won't eat it. Um, or some fruitarians. I mean, sure, that's a, that's a perfectly valid... Um, moral compass to follow um i don't agree with that but if someone holds every single kind of life that sacred that that's what they're gonna do good for them i think that's crazy (laughs) um but you know different people value different things so um that's fine i plant grass screams when you cut it sure yeah so so for the change they don't step on grass they don't cut grass. I'm just saying. I'm just like, saying. How far do you, you take can't this? think about it. It's, no, you're not wrong. You like you can't think about do you it. Value, or you'll never do you see value it. the life of bacteria that live on your body so you don't shower? Like, you know, how far do you take this? Bacteria's life. If, if I try hard, I can empathize with bacteria they, and get really do sad. Do they not take antibiotics? Like, how far do we take this? You know? Bacteria's life. Yeah. It's it's yeah. single celled life. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good argument that I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Again, I'm not shitting on anyone's lifestyle. I mean, choices. you fucking are. I'm not. I'm just, I'm just bringing up questions about where do you draw a line, right? I think those are interesting questions. Um, I'm not trying to mock. Well, maybe a little bit. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I think it's ridiculous. You're pretty funny. I think it's ridiculous. I know you do. But you're right to posit the questions and i'm all for i'm all for a healthy debate and look, I'm, sh- to... I'm sure if i sorry to interrupt you okay interrupt I'm me i'm sure if i asked a fruititarian they would have an answer for the antibiotics thing that might make me go okay cool but it's just a question that enters my mind because if that's their or like is the cutoff at plant life and then like single celled life they don't care about like why and then why right. is that you know like i just want to know right. where how do you draw those lines what are the qualifications i know when my cats are happy and sad and hungry and scared again you're projecting human emotion on them you're fucking out of your mind you're cold and dead in your heart if you don't think that animals don't experience fear and love you think i didn't say i didn't say that i'm just saying you're projecting human emotion on them and i we don't know about the inner world of cats and how they experience emotion i'm not gonna end his life sure great out of because I'm in the chain of command here. Because I can have a podcast and he can't. 
I I agree a hundred percent. I just don't think having human like emotions should be that reasoning. Should be the reason for not killing an animal. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're telling me animals don't experience fear or love? I'm not saying that. I'm saying they don't experience emotions the same way humans do. And there's a lot we don't know about the emotional emotional lives of animals. You can't say that, though. That's the argument. It's like if you don't know what the emotional landscape or a, a mental landscape of an octopus is, you can't say they don't experience things the same as a human. You can't. Yes, you can. That same argument. Do you no. think they do? I think there's a very likely... They very likely have the base versions of some of our emotions. I definitely yeah, do. Yeah, that, that's not the same. Like, I don't think they experience emotion. But you can't empathize with that? You, that's not what are I'm at, saying. At their... All I'm saying is every species is different. They're going to experience the world differently, even just based on their senses, their physical senses, not any emotional capacity. That's fair. So how can we expect the emotional capacity to be the same? It's not. It's It just... Maybe it's similar in a lot of ways, and maybe there's overlap between species, especially closely related ones. But we can't say an octopus, yeah, an octopus experiences fear. Like, no, we can't. But I'm not saying that because they don't, or likely don't, that means that it's okay to kill them or eat them, right? And I think that's where I think it's dangerous to draw that line there and say, well, I believe that because animals have emotional capacities similar or equal to humans that that's why we shouldn't kill them and eat them. I think there's plenty of other great reasons not to do so. And you can respect diversity and differences in species and go without yeah, having to end the Yeah, we don't them. need to say, well, things are only worthy of not killing if they're like us. I think that's kind of fucked up. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. I think it's much more it's much better to say, well, no we can respect other life if it's different than us and not kill it because of that. I think that's a healthier yeah. approach and a healthier thought process. I know when to take a knee and I'm taking a knee on this argument. You can agree to disagree. It's fine. I'm just making sure you understand my points. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that is exactly the same point as like, well, I don't know how octopus lives. So why am I, you know, it is the same point. Uh, I think Going back to your initial question, why am I crazy about animals? I am I I empathize with them, or I anthropomorphize them, or I project on them. I I did the same thing with like kids that would come into the deli that I worked at. I could see when like the older kid wasn't getting paid attention to as much because there was like a younger si sibling or something, and I was like, I'm gonna pay attention to the older kid. I'm gonna go hang out with that kid because I know what it's like to be that kid, yeah. like. Or like, you know, get that kid an ice cream and shiced the little one or whatever. <laughs> yeah, fuck the younger sibling. Yeah, fuck. The, we don't give a shit about you. Like what? You have a new shiny toy? Like this, Kendra's over here crying. But um, so my heart See, was sen you, you would, sensitive. You would say that because you're the oldest and I'm the younger one. <laughs> yeah, you were the shiny toy. No, not wrong. Fuckers. No, I know. I was super jealous of my sister because she was taking attention away from me, from my dad. Um, I, my point, and I think it's already been made, but is, is that I was easier, I was more drawn to those situations or could see the pain someone might be experiencing or a kid might be experiencing because I knew it. So I was 
more keen to fit, help with that. Right. Or assuage that. And knew what it meant to me when someone paid attention to me. Or was kind. And and didn't spread the wealth of kindness to then my brother or my sister. And it was just Jessica time, you yeah. know. So um, something about animals. My mom went vegetarian the day after we got Pepper. She went vegetarian before me. The suffering that she thought Pepper was going through or how she anthropomorphized or over-empathized or whatever drove her to not want to eat meat again. Wow. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because we don't eat cats here. <laughs> it's very weird <laughs> that seeing the suffering of a cat. Like, I might think... I don't think my I mom... I might think, like, you... My mom couldn't separate... My, so, here, let me, add, let me just add this about my mom. This is the same woman who 10 years prior was like, well, well, we should just put Sylvester in the pound. Also put down both dogs we had without telling us and just had a different perspective on animals. Sure. Be because I think she's similar to me and the pain that she would experience otherwise was too great. She, they, Her family, um, I want to say, I want to say it was Dobermans, but they bred Dobermans. Oh, wow. And one day my mother found a pack uh, uh, um, uh, my uh, one of the one of the do the dogs had given birth but gave birth to the dobermans in like a patch of bamboo so they all got stuck and died like just some weird thing like freak yeah. accident and the, and my mom was the one that found them mm. and i think there, because they were being bred as opposed to like there was a couple uh family dogs but they didn't have the same connection it was just this is our business yeah uh there was there's a couple of great names that they had for dogs and one was bw what a great Ooh, name yeah. for a dog bw um you would never put those two letters together but it's such a just good drop, bw drop <laughs> it's so yeah hello there you go but i think the trauma, and this is the first time I'm actually even thinking about it, the trauma that she experienced caused her to close off, cut off emotionally. Yeah. yeah. And until she had to fucking look face to face at an animal who's like, I love you. Yeah. It like reopened <laughs> and that needed part her. Of herself. And actually it was Blue. And this yeah. is kind of a question I wanted to ask you. Um, but Blue was the one who she felt a connection to because she felt like she understood Blue because she felt like Blue had similar traits to her. And so Blue, standoffish, but available, wanting love, but not knowing how to ask for it. Really, like, she felt like he felt deeply, but was super awkward about it. He also um, got hit by a car and... The people that originally owned him had already just, I don't even know if they had relinquished him to us yet, but um, didn't do anything about it. And he was like limping and my mom didn't have any money. So she just, she said she sat by, she slept by his bed Aww. for like two days waiting for him to get better. And then he finally like went to the litter box by himself. And she said just in that moment, like her whole perspective on cats in particular changed or like knew that she had closed off. Um but and and I think finally the floodgates opened and she went I can't do this I can't eat it I can't eat animals anymore. Yeah. Um. But so you said you don't like you're like immediately like I love this animal. Uh, 
But so what, how come you love Blue so much? How did that happen? Because I had seen him. I know, but what about Blue? Because you see Pepper. Yeah. But what about Blue made you go, mm, I like Blue. He's just, he's I just knew, a very beautiful cat. You, you became special to me because one of the reasons is because you were so attentive to, like, you got it. When people get Blue, I'm like, you get it. You fucking I get think- it. Like again, that goes to the chemistry conversation. Yeah, no but wonder the, you and but I this get was along. Before and... I even was I close know, enough to but... sniff Blue's pheromones. I know, but uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, no, he's just got a he's got a vibe about Pepper. Is you liked her more in person, right? Yes, yeah, I mean I, they're they're both great cats, but Pepper is a little bit more like delicate and I don't want to say prissy, but kind of you Excuse know kind of a little prissy. Would you say? Hmm. I think she is particular. That's a more political way of putting it. Um, and I don't like that as much. I mean, she's great. She's great. She gives you the, the big purrs, you know, and, and when she warms up to you, it's great. But Blue is just like chill. He's just so big. He's I like so big, big cats. Yeah. <laughs> Abby, He's, the cat I, I lived just... with, had a, had a belly. Oh yeah. And I well, you. See, I think I've sent a couple pictures uh, when I. I. I mean, I don't remember anyone's cat that isn't mine. So. Sure. I mean, and why would you? Um, you haven't sniffed their pheromones. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I like the 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 bigger cats. Pepper's very delicate, and and yeah, I can't I I can't feel like I can go you know and like. You can't. No. With blue, no. I could. I mean, you can push Pepper around, and like, yeah. like I'll I'll push her. But to I can't lay like down, give her a belly rub and be like, oh, you know. No, and that's and no. Blue. And even Blue doesn't want the belly rub, but he'll take I, it. For I a gave it seconds. to him a couple times. He presents the belly. It's like, well, what do you expect, yeah. dude? Yeah. You present it. Were there any kind of catcation or otherwise in Lord of the Rings lore? Catcation. Cat or Cation, like how Cations are in Star oh, Trek. Oh, I wasn't familiar with Cations. Um, ooh. Like cats? Cat, like anthropomorphic cat, people I'm to cat say. people? But either. Um, not that I can remember. I think there's like wolves. Wolves are a thing. Cats? No. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so, right? Like, not dogs, even. Do- no, there's dogs. There's dogs. Uh, there's a dog. Well, there were dogs in the Shire, Well, no, right? there's a dog that plays heavily into the story of uh, Baron. Got the talking it. dog. Oh, that's right. Right, that's right. A okay. dog that is allowed to speak once. <laughs> or maybe it's three times. I can't remember exactly how it goes. And it can choose the moments when it wants yes, to speak. Yes, it's great. It's like gifted that's the ability to speak a couple times, and that's it. That's interesting. Uh, but I don't I think cats wh- are heavy in in uh, in Tolkien's. Well, world. then we know where Tolkien fell. On you know what? The cat I will spectrum. I will look into that. And if you want to hear all of the the places where cats pop up in the world of Middle Earth, I mean, we do have the other podcast. What is it called? What is we it called? Do Jess? Have the other po- podcast of the go. rings. See, you got there. It. We go. You're so good. If you could only speak three times, 
in your life. Now you can be understood. You can, like we know how you feel about things. Just like anybody who can communicate without the gift of speech. You're normal. You're, you're normal. I Alex, appreciate these affirmations. But you can't speak, except for three times. Okay. What would you deem important enough to speak about if you only had three times to oh, do it? Deathbed. Got to be one, right? Okay. but That's got to okay. be just but number what, one deathbed, right? You got to save it for the end to be like, all right, I know I'm going out. Let me just say one thing or, you know, I'll, I'll make it a... I hate it all of you. Yeah, like you got you to gotta save one for the end, right? Because it sucks to get there and it's like, oh, I want, what, but one more thing. Oh, I used them all, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So obviously, number one is deathbed. Mm-hmm. Is it from this moment on, or like my whole life, like from birth? I think it's your whole life. I think it's your whole life. Well, that begs the question. I mean, you that begs look, the question: you, How would one learn to speak in the first place? Magic. Okay. I just inherently know language. Well, you hear everyone else talking. That's not how you have to. <laughs> It's one of the ways. Yeah, but babies make nonsense that. sounds because they're trying to process and like practice. You have to practice speech. That's also why kids. Okay, magic. Do the the W's and the like. Yeah. They took his, their mouth muscles. No, aren't it's fucking formed. That's not why. It's one of the reasons. Okay. It's because they're learning to talk by doing. You you people uh, people uh, learn uh, by doing. Uh, I don't I don't know any other way to learn. Uh, anyway. So I, I just know language by magic. I would say deathbed wedding, probably. Mm-hmm. Like for wedding. If if it's not like one sentence, like do my like vows and stuff. If, if it's magic, I get my wedding. It's magic. You get yeah. you get uh, five yeah. minutes or right. whatever. We'll pack it all in. We'll structure the <laughs> yeah, ceremony yeah. I need. Um, and then I don't know what. I would probably save the other one just for wild card. It, How could in the you moment. Know? How would you I'm know? waiting for the fucking perfect moment. Like the perfect joke. Is it like, help? <laughs> well, that, yeah, maybe. Maybe you keep one in the back pocket right? for I'm about to die yeah, unless yeah. I say something, right? Right. I think that's good. I, I'm glad you said wedding. Yeah. Like, it doesn't necessarily I mean, yeah. That would be my. I think that's right. Wedding, deathbed, and. God and forbid, oh shit. bed. Oh, shit. It's like, yeah, I think that's perfect. And because that's probably the only one. Well, deathbed, you could curse, right? You could do it. You could curse all the time. Who gives a. Not if I can only speak three times. You don't want to curse? In, in, at my wedding? Why not? I fucking love you, baby. Okay, fair. You sold me. Fuck. I want, oh, I want to fuck the fuck out of you. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be really shocking. Yeah. No, you're. But you. Yeah. I, appreci- I don't know. I'm just saying. There's different ways to. But and here's the other thing. Like, you can still like learns. You just learn sign language. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It don't. You don't need like. You don't need to speak in order to be. Or just get heard. get one of those computers. <gasps> you don't need to speak in order to be heard. Just let that sit. Uh huh. Uh huh. Just let that one. 
Uh-huh. It's really so, good. That's a title right there. Did you hear me? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> you spoke, so no. Got it. Got it. I was trying to find the anti-feminist in the... <laughs> I was like, oh, no, he just means because I... Got yeah. it. What about you? Three times? <sighs> three times only? Three times. Mm. Mm. Um, wow. Accepting my Oscar. Uh, my child's wedding. Okay. Spin on it. And probably like after the best sex I ever had. That's a good one. See, that might be the wild card. I feel like. It's a good yeah. wild card. You, you some, sometimes just gotta say, "Oh God," and yeah. you know, like. And again, magic. A... We we say you know it's it's for you know one occasion. We'll say I mean that's like during and after, right? That counts. Yes, it's. I think I, we can allow. I will that. say though, probably, not saying it's not impossible, but it would be challenging to get an Oscar if you weren't able to speak. But I appreciate the. That's not true. The, the I the, we have to make sure we're not being ableist here. But I'm way. not the Academy fucking and Hollywood. The Academy is. just awarded a, a a deaf actor uh the Academy Award for best actor last year for a non speaking role. Yes, for Coda. Oh, I didn't see it. I didn't see it either, but I knew that the man. I I know he won the BAFTA. I'm almost positive, but when the Amer- uh, right, well, there you go. The Oscar I'm wrong then. You are wrong. So, uh, I had something else in mind with regards to that. But yeah, so, yeah. I Yeah, I probably would be wedding, not my child's wedding. They can get fucked. <laughs> and then probably sex. Yeah. And then, and then, mm, yeah, pro- probably the deathbed. I, one of the things that my friend Laurie has taught me is um, at her wedding, um, I think it was at the bachelorette party or like the, no, it was the wedding rehearsal or something like that. She had, she was like 15 deep on her uh, uh, bride, bridesmaids. Oh, okay. I she thought you were saying has, she was 15 deep. It was late in the night. Been, <laughs> no, she had 15 bridesmaids okay. and he that's had insane. 15 groomsmen. Like, But that's just actually, that's she goes to show how many people love But them. I was going to say like, Every one of those people, well, at least for her, are f- close okay. to family. See, that's to insane her. to me. And for him, those guys are like that's brothers, if not his brothers also. So yeah. he has but he has just, ten just, brothers. Just, he has four. Oh, that's a lot, actually. And then he has like his improv group, which are like emotional brothers, and we she didn't even know the Ripleys yet. And yeah. so if she knew Ripleys, she'd have seven more. So she's just one of those people that has. A lot that of people love friends. her and you are and genuinely so and that makes this part this thing that she shared even more impactful at the dinner with all these friends everyone went around went around the room and and told the story of how they met paul and or laurie mm-hmm. laurie and how much they loved them and why as opposed to saving that fucking shit for the funeral or whatever they make a point to sh- tell people how they feel 
about uh, each, each each other in in the occasions yeah. like that because they don't people don't do that yeah. very often. So um, I've tried to bring that into some settings, especially when it's like awkward when you're like around a bunch of people who are like you know how like birthday parties like I'm gonna invite some people from work and I'm gonna invite like my family. It's just like you have like you have to like cater to all these weirdos like. It's nice to go around and be like, hey, everybody, say something nice about Elena. Sure. Because <laughs> you just don't have to talk to them, but you, they can talk about the one person everyone knows. Oh, yeah. It connects everybody, <laughs> for sure. Oh, it's great. It's great. But it's it was a, it's a really nice thing. to and It makes a difference to hear the things that you know, that you take it for granted that people think. But it's nice to hear those things reinforced. Yeah. I think that's it. I don't know what else I want to talk to you about. <laughs> uh, I'm just glad there's no uh, crypto corner in today's episode. There is no crypto. It has not been a crypto corner since Nick went on paternity I, leave. I don't listen to the podcast, so. I know. <laughs> uh, we can have you on for your opinions about that another uh, time. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I think I think I actually got all your opinions right now. Uh, it's a mystery oh god um thanks so much for being my guest thank you for having me this was a lot of fun this was a lot of fun i'll see you a little bit later Bye. bye That does it for this week, Nichols. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of You Don't Know Nick. There are many different ways you can support our podcast. One of them is going to youdon'tknownick.com and finding out all the different places you can listen to our show. You can also follow us on Good Pods, which is basically Instagram for podcasts. Not only can you follow your favorite shows, you can listen to them right there in the app. If you're interested in finding some You Don't Know Nick merch or Jessica Lynn Verde merch, go to subtlegeek.spreadshirt.com. And if you're not already consider becoming a patreon member you can get exclusive swag and early access releases to episodes if we're able to get them to you in a timely manner go to patreon.com slash you don't know nick and if you haven't already leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts see you next week nichols